This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Fishes of men. So Jesus brought us here for a divine purpose. To fish. To fish the man. Romans chapter 10, 14 to 16. We see the Bible says, how then? can then call on the one they have not believed in. How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So we have a role to play. In Matthew 22, verse 8 to 10, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, <clears throat> but those who are invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. I'll be talking to you under four short themes. The church, the ecclesia, missions, and strategy, and the going church. The church is a community of those summoned by God who act in concert to glorify God and propagate his kingdom on earth. The church exists to glorify God and carry out God's purpose on earth. The responsibility of the church is to be a witness of Christ in every nation and make disciples among them. For no man can be saved if the gospel is not preached. Christ's vision for every church has been stated very clearly when he spoke to the disciples before he took off. He told them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus made his disciples know clearly that 
He had a plan for them, and he had a work for them. He would love them to do what God had called him to do, to carry out the mission of taking the gospel to every creature on the surface of the earth. So many passages of scripture, he told them to do the same. He said, as the Father has sent me, so send are you. Go make disciples of all the nations. These scriptures are familiar to us. But I feel I should remind us that we will know again that God has not changed his mind concerning his mission on the surface of the earth. What is missions? Many may ask. When missions is used in singular form, it represents any action undertaken by disciples of Christ to fulfill the great commission expressed in Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20 and other scriptures. But when it is used in plural, it's used to express a specified action by the disciples of Christ to take the gospel where it has been preached, from where it has been preached, believed, and planted to a place where it has either not been preached at all, or even if it has been preached, it has not taken root in the hearts of the people. So any action that is geared towards Transplanting the gospel from the place that the gospel is abundant, where the church has saturated the land and the places and the people, and lives have been transformed, and they are living the life of Christ to transplant the gospel to a place that is either totally unreached, that is unevangelized and the word of God has not prospered in such a place and the aim is to make disciples out of those nations, out of those places who will continue to propagate the word of God among their people and beyond that is what is called missions. It is good for us to understand that the God of mission has not changed because the work has not finished. According to Joshua Project, which is a research organization that helps us to understand the state of the harvest, we have 7,406 unreached people groups in our world today, which represents 3.2 billion people worldwide. Two out of five people on the surface of the earth are unreached, which means 41.7% 
of the world is unreached with the gospel. Unreached status, which developed especially in the 80s, is an attempt to help us understand and evaluate our compliance with the command of Jesus Christ, our compliance to the command of Christ. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Research and statistics helps us, even though they are not exact, but they give us some estimates and an idea of what our performance looks like. Which means, since the church was inaugurated on the day of Pentecost, we have reached less than 50% of our world. And with the increasing population, and a kind of backsliding that has taken place in many parts of the world, even places that were called reached with the gospel have become totally unreached. Since we have not finished the assignment to the ends of the earth, right behind us, even places that we have totally overrun with the gospel, they are becoming unreached with the gospel. So we have to fight in front and fight also where? Behind us. This is the predicament that we found ourselves because non-compliance to the Great Commission. Unreached people and people groups are ethnolinguistic peoples that are identified, that have a similar culture, the same language, they have customs that are alike. They are distinct from one another, and they see themselves as us and see others as they. They separate themselves from each other. And Christ wants that every nation and every people on the surface of the earth be represented in his kingdom. He showed unto John the apostle in the island of Patmos in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 when he showed him a great multitude without number comprising of people from different nations and tongues. Verse 9, the media is showing us. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. That's the conclusion of the work that was shown to us. So when we see that 7,406 people groups are yet to receive the gospel, it worries us. And you need to be worried 
Because it's our corporate responsibility. The goal of missions is to make disciples of all nations. All nations being all people groups. Disciples are best made in groups. These groups are called churches. The church is like a school, a training ground. Men are trained to transform the world. I've already quoted Revelations chapter 7, verse 9. The best way to reach the nations is through planting of churches. How do we know the state of the nations? It's through research. Jesus talked about the parable of the weeds. Talking of strategy now. What's his plan? In Matthew chapter 13, we read that Jesus gave a parable of tares among wheat. And when he told the parable, well, why the man sowed good seed in his field, why men slept, and enemy sowed tares. And they asked him, what do you mean by this? Say, the one who sowed good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed stands for sons of the kingdom. The weeds are sons of the evil one. That showed a strategy for missions. God takes the good seed, his souls, in the field. God takes the Christian, the disciple, and plants him among unbelievers. Why? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So the strategy has been to take a Christian, a disciple, and plant him among the people that don't know Christ. Just like if you want to saturate a virgin field with a particular crop, you take the crop and you plant it there. So all of us that are believers, that are disciples, have been picked by God, chosen by God, and planted in the midst of the world. Not that the world should consume us, but that we should consume the world. The field is the world. 
The seeds, good seeds, sons of the kingdom. It's like transplanting plants to places where they are not so that they can take root, grow, produce fruits. Has Jesus not said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So every one of us is like a plant Jesus has planted strategically in the midst of our neighborhood. In our offices, our places of work, on the streets, in cities. Interestingly, Jesus has facilitated our task. Christians have made great efforts to reach the world for Christ, especially from the 17th century to date. And some places have been closed completely against the gospel. But God sent a tsunami across nations. And those same people are rushing out and coming out to places where there are churches. Instead of us to go to them, God has brought them to us. This is wisdom because God wants this work to be accomplished in the shortest possible time. When the Taliban took over Afghanistan, it's quite a sad news for the world. Such a repressive government. I'm not a politician. But it had effects on the lives of people. And so many Afghans that have been locked out of the presence of the gospel have fled the country. I was in Dubai, in the UAE, holding a conference with some of the agents of Christ within the region. And I was told an interesting story. That the crown prince received Afghans into his own country and built a city for them. And in that city, he built a mosque and built a church. And he said to them, this is the Emirates. This is Emirati. This is Dubai, the land of freedom. Choose whom you want to serve. If you want to be a Christian, go to church. If you want to be a Muslim, go to the mosque. What a window. What an opening. Those who did not have a choice, they now have a choice in the free world. So underneath the trouble of the nations, God is working to bring about the closure of this season. 
In several African countries, in the Gambia, they received 2,000 Afghans. And I was exhorting the church there. Take advantage. You can't go to Afghanistan. But you, can, you are here in the Gambia. You can reach out to them. Here in the UK, God is doing amazing things. Apart from the opportunity for you to reach the Scottish people, the, the English people, the Caucasians, you have opportunity to reach out to North Africans, to Asians, to all the people of the world, that you need a lot of diplomatic, you know, kind of oppression to get into their country. They are here with us. The same thing we are telling the African church. The same thing we tell the European church. Arise, kill, and eat. This is what Jesus taught Peter. He showed him a vision of a cart full of strange animals, unclean animals. And he was saying to Peter, Peter, arise. This is an opportunity for you. Reach out to the Gentiles. And he said, I will not. I've never eaten such an unclean thing. Three times the Lord spoke to him. And the cart was removed from him. But immediately, God sent messengers. And he followed them to Cornelius' house. That was the beginning of the penetration of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles had their first Pentecost in Cornelius' house. God is at work in the nations. In the midst of the chaos of our world, the troubles of our world, God is working. And you need to open your eyes, dear brothers and sisters, and see what God is doing around you. You may be that Philip that God is sending to the Ethiopian eunuch who came to Jerusalem on pilgrimage and he had an encounter with Philip. Philip obeyed. And that Ethiopian eunuch took the gospel back home. You may be that Philip on the streets of Aberdeen to take the gospel to that refugee, fugitive, to those wanderers, the passerbys, that will become a source of revival in the days to come. He who sowed good seed is the son of man. It's Jesus that has sown you there. He has planted you there for strategic reason. My goal this morning is to make you realize that you didn't come here yourself. The almighty hands of God 
guided you. Whether you knew it or you, 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 or you know it. Whether you realize it or not. The Lord brought you and it's for a reason. Not just to bring you to greener pastures, but to make you produce abiding fruit. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. I want you to know that the devil is also at work. Everywhere in the world. But we should not allow ourselves to be overwhelmed and controlled by the works of the evil one. Because we have in ourselves the seed of God. And we have overcome. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Because you believe, you are triumphant. You will not fail. We are victorious people. The church is victorious. What God says will happen, will happen. And you are the instrument God would like to use. Brothers and sisters, this parable shows us that the church is like a seedbed. A nursery. A place where you prepare plants to transplant to a larger field. How many of us know nursery? How do you prepare it? You scatter the seeds so that you transplant to the place that those seeds are not found. Because if you leave the plants on the seedbed, they will never produce fruits. Please give me some signals if my time is running out. How long do you keep the seedbed? It's a temporary bed. It's not supposed to be there forever. The church is like a seed bed. All of us are here to be nurtured. For a goal. For a specific reason. To produce fruits in the world. Missions. Has no exemptions. It's all believers affair. No exemptions. That's what we read in Romans chapter 10. There we see that there are goers, frontier missionaries, those who will go, or they are senders as well. The sending base of missionaries. This is how missions operate. And the whole church is a sending base. Like the seed bed. The church nurtures the believers, select the apostles, the evangelists, the gifted ones, and send them out into the world while the rest of the members support as they pray and ensure that those who have gone are succeeding in the war front. What's the work of senders? Prayer and intercession for the nations. 
identify those who must go out. Those God has called to go out. We must keep going out. If pastor did not come here with his family, we will not be here. Someone has to go out. Others will follow. That's how the kingdom of God advances. There must be those soldiers that will trailblaze. They will go into the darkness and sow their lives and produce fruits. So the senders, they pray, identify the called out ones, sending the called out ones to the nations, supplying their needs and those of the ministry, visiting and relieving them, and finally continuous training for capacity development. So the church is not inactive. The church is involved in missions. The whole church, no exemptions. If you are not in the front line, then you must support those who are in the front line. You are on the reserve bench. And everyone will be called to do one thing or the other. That's how armies operate as well. Not only those who are in the battle. They are cooks. They are people handling logistics. Those who are sending, communicating, communication. And everyone is involved. The whole church must be involved in missions. What is the work of goers? The goers move into the mission field. Where the unrich peoples are found, they learn their language, learn their culture. They incarnate the gospel among the people. They welcome and establish new believers and form community of churches for nurturing them. The goers train and establish local leaders in the local assemblies, and saturate the whole group with the network of churches. God is calling on us at this time, all of us here, to be involved in this work. I'm looking forward to a time, and soon it should come, that all of us will move in mass and capture this nation for Christ to re-evangelize, to harvest afresh this generation. While we were at the train station waiting to board a train to this place, oh, I think they were playing football yesterday. Hundreds of hundreds, every train coming, young people singing football songs, Christian songs, to football songs. And I say to myself, that is how it happened when revival came. Train stations, people were singing songs of praise unto God. Crusades were taking place in every place. Now it has become football. But God will come again through your labors, through our prayers together. For a second harvest, I am praying God agreeing with all of you and all the men of God and women that are laboring in this land that God will launch the second harvest of Britain.
Brothers and sisters, as a church, we must be a going church. Establish a mission committee or board. Create awareness of missions in every facet of the church. Teach deliberately on missions and get all members committed to missions. We must mobilize goers and train them frontline missions. And mobilize continuous prayer for mission work as part of church service. I pray that in our church services, we shall take this work seriously in prayer. That at every church session, we pray for unreached peoples. Those that are yet to hear the gospel. We have proposed it to many churches and they have adopted it. They put a kind of, um, um, what do they call it? Um, a banner flex for every people group that is unreached every Sunday. And people pray for that people group. And God is sending missionaries. I know a missionary who came to me three weeks ago. God spoke to me about a tribe in a dream. I have never heard of such a tribe. And then he went into the, the, the uh, operation mobilization book, Operation World, and looked for the name of the tribe. And he found that the tribe really exists and exists in Ethiopia in a dream. He never had that name before. And he's right now in Ethiopia looking for that people group. He wants to get there and preach the gospel to them. Why did it happen that way? Some people are praying for that tribe. We were praying for Central Asia for several years. One night on the 23rd of December, 2018, the Lord took me. I don't know whether it's in the body or in the spirit. To Kyrgyzstan, central Kyrgyzstan, and showed me the mountains and the peoples. I arrived there around 6 a.m. I was telling Kola, 6 a.m. And the Lord said to me, look at this river. He gave me the name of the river. And he said, bring people here to preach the gospel. And that's our last year. We sent a young missionary to Kyrgyzstan, in central Kyrgyzstan, to go and be preaching the gospel there. God is speaking and showing us peoples that need the gospel. As we pray in the church and cry unto God, we raise laborers. This is very important. I will soon be rounding up. The practical issues we must not forget. I'm controlling two slides, so. Okay. Thank you. Practical issues. Define a mission statement as a church. Determine your area of focus. Make a long and short-term plan to achieve the goals. Establish partnership with mission agency. Like Pastor said, we have a good collaboration with RCCG in many parishes, provinces, and his 
They are a good example. Thank you, sir, for what God is using you to do. Establish partnership. We can't reach the world single-handedly. We must partner. Take decisions prayerfully. Some ways of doing missions. Adopting evangelized, I mean unevangelized to reach them with the gospel. By partnering with an agency, you may choose to send your missionaries through the agency. By supporting missionaries and mission organizations. By praying for missionaries for global impact. By partnering with others for reaching the nations. In Nigeria, we held a meeting some three years ago. And we decided that every unreachable group in Nigeria must have a mission agency adopt them under the program of Adopt a People Group. And we sat down and every people group in Nigeria that was unreached, mission organizations and churches adopted them and said, we're going to reach them. We can do the same here. This church can spearhead that kind of move for other churches as well to focus on these people groups to reach them for Christ. So, in Isaiah chapter 6, I want to say that God needs you to be involved practically. It's Isaiah that had this call, the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, here I am, send me. I don't know if you hear and you feeling that God has brought you for a reason. And you are realizing that it's not just to be fishing what you are fishing, but to become fishers of men. Maybe God has given you contact with the Caucasians, with the people among which we have come. Brethren, let's not deceive ourselves. We are strangers. Even if you are a British citizen, we give God the glory for that. But not many of us may have that opportunity. If anything happens and we are no more here, who will sit in this auditorium? How many people will sit here? Reason for which we need to focus on the people that would not just have Africans, Nigerians in our churches. But we focus on the people of this land among which God has planted us. To bring them in. Whatever happens, they will be here. We do not have a, a permanent dwelling place. Brothers and sisters, if your father has a need and you are around him or he refuses to ask you for help, and is busy looking for another child elsewhere to send. I think you need to start crying. It's not a good omen. It's a curse. Many Christians tell us, God has not called me. I never had God talk to me about the Great Commission. Leave me to live my life. If your father is sitting with you and he has a need, he wants to drink water, and you are sitting by him and he's calling your sister, Florence, Florence, 
I'm thirsty. Come. Come and give me water. And you are sitting here. There's a fundamental problem. Think about it. How could God need people to serve in missions? And you are a fine Christian. Fine in every way. So glorious and wonderful. Full of testimonies and the mercy of God. And he has not whispered to you about it. It's either that you are refusing to hear or maybe you have a fundamental problem. Ask yourself, am I really your child? If, if I am that kind of child, I say, Daddy, what is the problem? Why are you calling somebody else? When I'm here, I will stand up and I will do the job. Glory be to God. Brethren, can God depend on you? Can you consider expanding these missions to other nations? Your responsibility? God bless you. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for this exhortation. We give you the glory. We pray that our hearts will be moved by your spirit. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the members, the disciples you have selected carefully and put together as your church to be a shining light in the midst of gross darkness. I ask that this church and many other churches will arise and shine. That the darkness of this land will be transformed into light. That those whom hitherto have no respect for the gospel, they will have a change of heart. We pray that you will call men and women to go as missionaries and you will mobilize the entire church, houses, families to invest into this work. Thank you for the privilege to stand before your holy assembly. Bless this assembly. Bless our pastor, his wife, and all the leaders. Together, and let the church say, Amen. God bless you. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.